Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number one hundred five. This is your host Suman Silwal. I'd like to welcome Marybeth Basu to Emran's podcast. And Marybeth, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I've been trying to bring you to Emran's podcast for such a long time. We work at the same place. We run into each other a lot during our day job, and uh, we haven't been able to arrange a podcast. So finally, we're here. Uh, how's your running going these days? It's great. I ran today. Took advantage of the cooler weather and. Uh... Got in about four miles, so uh, it's going great. Recently, I posted on uh, Facebook saying that my internal clock turns to fall on August 1st. Uh, people mm-hmm. like uh, August. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, thank God there's a little cooler weather in the south, so it, it yeah. kind of helps my cause. So. Yes, but otherwise, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's been a hot hot summer, so so definitely looking forward for some fall cooler weather. So yes, definitely, me too. So what is the distance do you usually run? Uh, these days, I'm getting in probably about twelve miles a week. I have um, been more of a distance runner in the past, but I have two kids who keep me very busy these days. So hope to get back into it someday. But um, I've done a marathon and several halves and uh, longer races as well. So. So when did you start running? Were you a lifetime runner or? You know, I was not an active kid. I was kind of um, the pudgy kid in school. And so I didn't find athletics and running until I was about 18. I just kind of tried it on a whim and uh, and liked it. And so I got into distance running then in my 20s and uh, have just kept it up ever since. So uh, I like to think I'm more of a sole runner than a competitive runner. <laughs> but I do enjoy getting the miles in, especially out on a trail. Definitely. Uh, do you do like a... Road trail, you mentioned the trail just now. Um, so I see you running a treadmill as well. So what what are you most logging miles? Yeah, um, treadmill is my last resort if it's raining or super hot and I can't get away except uh, at the noon hour. But I live uh, in an area close to Red Mountain Park um, as well as the, the preserve. So I like those spots both a, a good bit. And then there's great running to be had at Oak Mountain too. So we're lucky to have so many good good trails around us. Definitely. Uh, Birmingham has so many great trails. Uh, I spend lately, I've spent countless hours out in Oak Mountains. It's a great place to run, uh, and uh, we have a lot of, lot of trails to run, definitely. Um, so let's move forward. Um, uh, you are a registered a dietitian. Uh, that's the main topic of our podcast. I want to talk about it. Uh, I have I have my own personal issue. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit. As a friend and a lot of people, we as an ultra distance runner or distance runner or any any runners, we we have to take care of ourselves. Tell us uh, briefly about what do you do and uh, how uh, having a good meal or a good diet is important for a distance runner. Definitely, my food philosophy really centers around whole foods. Um, I think especially as runners, we need to be eating nutrient-dense foods and staying away from empty calories when we can. Our bodies have higher calorie needs than the average person, but we also have higher vitamin and mineral needs with you know, everything that we, that we do to our bodies. So I like to encourage everybody, but especially runners, to choose wholesome foods, basic foods from the food groups. So the things I'm talking about here are fruits and vegetables and potatoes and uh, meats and lean dairy or dairy substitutes, um, you know, whole grain breads, brown rice, things that come up out of the ground, if, <laughs> if you want to think of it that way. So that allows you to get in the calories that you need and the vitamins and minerals that you need without the need for much supplementation, which I think is uh, is sometimes a path that runners go down um, awry. So whole foods, keep your supplements limited. That's my philosophy. 
Definitely. Uh, whole food, uh, wholesome food. Um, so let's put it that way too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're not as tasty and they're not quick to make and quick to find. A lot of time it's easy to just grab those uh, chips and tortillas and or rather than having some whole food. I mean, I do a lot of cucumber lately. That's 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 my go-to food after I come back from work. But at the end, end of the day, I'm still eating chips. So. I think that so many of us fall into that trap of fast food. Um, but I like to challenge that assumption because um, I find that planning ahead, um, you know, grocery shopping a couple of times a week and having the foods that you want to eat around you actually allow you to spend less time accessing food or, you know, getting your lunch and getting snacks. So I encourage people to be, plan ahead and it doesn't have to be fancy food, but uh, plan ahead to make breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, foods that you want to see going into your mouth. Then purchase those foods and then bring those foods with you wherever you're going in the day, right? Like, you know you're going to be hungry. Don't act like it's a surprise and say, what am I going to find around me? When if you've brought healthy foods, it's easy to eat what you intended to eat. So I think if you plan ahead, that can help a lot. But I'd also like to address your point about it not tasting good. And um, that can be something that takes a little practice, especially for those of us who don't have great cooking skills. So I encourage people to get in the kitchen with really simple recipes, two, three, four ingredients, and just learn how to cook pasta and, you know, boil an egg. And those basic things will really help build your, your confidence in the kitchen and your skills to, you know, search out different kinds of recipes. But you can put together a great meal with two or three ingredients. Um, some of the things I like to keep on hand to feed my family and myself good quick choices. Frozen vegetables, those can round out any meal real easily. Salad is another great meal rounder outer. Frozen chicken and fish, even things like meatballs can be quick to get dinner on the table. And then, you know, people shy away from carbs, but I'm um, of the mind that we all need some carbohydrates, especially runners. So just try to choose the wheat or the brown versions when you can and when your tastes allow. So, uh, you know, whole wheat pasta instead of white, brown rice instead of white, things like that. Uh, and you'll find that those kind of foods are very filling too. So you're not reaching for the chips and the snack foods so often when you have a, a belly full of healthy food. Definitely. Well, one of the thing I like just mentioned, uh, I, I stopped cooking in a sense that I... I don't prepare a full meal. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of fro frozen foods. Or my wife cooks some food, and I try to fix it uh, the way I want it because I would like hot and spicy foods. And, mm -hmm. and <laughs> uh, just uh, kind of improvise as I go. You know, yeah. cooking takes time, but but that's for okay. sure. My cooking, I say uh, 10 minutes, that's that's uh, fast. I cook, try to cook fast. Uh, um, 10 minutes, uh, sometimes just need to cook that fast. But, you know... It does come good, but uh, sometimes it's not, uh, you know, not some one one time I found my food was still a little cold. Even I was cooking in the kitchen and trying to go as fast as I could. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, another strategy to think about is putting meals together that don't require cooking. So, um, you know, like when I'm packing a lunch, for example, I throw in things that are ready to go, like yogurt, and, you know, carrots and a piece of fruit nuts, things like that, that don't take a lot of cooking, but uh, but are easy to eat on the go and, and really fill you up. So really, if, if you're planning ahead and, and buying those things at the grocery store, the packing and bringing of food is the easier part. Definitely. I mean, I, I can talk personally, but uh, I don't know how the rest of the listeners uh, feel about it. Uh, I get hungry all the time. Yeah. And um, if, I, if I pack something, let's suppose... 
I'm packing it. I'm being a really good person, packing everything, and those food will go fast uh, because I'm hungry and trying to continue to try to feed mm-hmm. my body. Then at the end of the day, I end up running to a, a company store or, or, or the vending yeah. machine to fill myself by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes that is a personal thing. I, I think snacks are okay, and sometimes we forget that. So, you know, when you're packing a lunch and a breakfast, I, I pack myself two snacks to have during the day because um, I get hungry every three or so hours and that's normal. So it's okay to be in touch with your hunger. And if you feel hungry to give yourself something healthy, uh, that's fuel and your body needs it. Um, so I find that if you eat healthy foods according to cues of hunger, you get less of those cravings for the for the unhealthy foods. And I, I also find that you might find those cravings come at times of stress. So rather than eating from true hunger, you might be eating from habit or stress or some other gut gut reason, you know? So yeah, I encourage people to really understand what you need. There's a lot of good calculators for your calorie needs out there on the web. Um, if you just Google calorie needs calculator, you'll get one from a reputable source like WebMD or um, the CDC. But, you know, I encourage everybody to figure out what their calorie needs are and then assess that in terms of food. So look at what you eat every day versus your calorie goal. You can use the nutrition panel on, on the side of food packages to do that. Um, and you may be surprised that you're actually under eating in an effort maybe to manage your weight or, or another medical condition. So a lot of people fall into that trap. If you fill your calorie needs with wholesome foods, I think you'll find all your all your goals are met in terms of fullness and fuel for running. So I, I do encourage people to try it that way. Definitely. Uh, one of the things I have never done, I tried a few times doing the calorie count. Uh, I'm not good at it. I tried. I think I downloaded apps mm-hmm. and tried to go to a website and try to write it out. But just uh, as a lot of time, I, I guess uh, it comes uh, as a runner. Uh, we, sh- we should know this thing. Uh, self-discipline is important. So not having that self-discipline of eating, I think that may hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Runners like me, who's trying to train hard at the same time, stay staying hungry and, <laughs> and then in grabbing anything I can reach uh, as I'm going through the day. It's a double-edged sword for sure. But yeah, the key is really just making sure that the food you choose is fuel and not putting the empty stuff in your body. Everything else kind of works itself out well. Definitely. Uh, let's uh, let's go uh, look a little bit deeper on this, uh, kind of look at uh, in a diet-wise and uh, how you see it uh, as a runner yourself. Uh, let's uh, let's discuss this. Uh, like in the breakfast, uh, what is the, what what kind of things that usually you think that breakfast is? They usually say it's a very important uh, meal of the day, but mm-hmm. but how do you take that? Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we we have to choose between eating breakfast or running or, or running, <laughs> trying to get get ready to go to work. I, I fall in that trap, so. Yeah. Uh, quick and easy, again, is a good motto. And again, um, doesn't have to be a traditional kind of breakfast food. If, if a turkey sandwich is easy for you to grab and go or something that you could even make the night before and have ready to go, that could be a good strategy to try. But um, whole grain cereals and oatmeals are a quick option. Yogurt or cottage cheese and fruit, peanut butter smeared on a bagel or a piece of whole grain toast would all be some real quick and easy options. You might also um, be able to pack something that you could eat in the car while you're driving. That's a strategy that works for me. Sometimes if I've just run out a minute, then I can multitask um, driving and, and eating something that's kind of portable. But I do think that breakfast is an important meal. I don't think that if, if you're a morning runner, you necessarily have to get much in your belly before you go out. Uh, of course, that depends on your mileage. But if you're just going out for like five or six miles, you're okay to go on an empty stomach. When you get back, I would try to have some carbohydrate within about 30 minutes. 
And then if your whole meal is delayed an hour or two, that's okay in terms of recovery. Definitely. So as you progress through the day, uh, let's suppose 10 o'clock, uh, mm-hmm. 10, 11, before lunch, uh, you start getting hungry. What? I mean, I, I, I fall in that trap. It's like I'm hungry by 10 o'clock. I ate breakfast, I had a cereal or something, then I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hungry by 10 o'clock and I'm searching for something. Yes. Too early to eat chips and <laughs> it's like too late for any cereal or banana for me. Yeah. So. It, at both meals and snacks, it's great to combine a little protein with some carbohydrate, and that'll help you stay fuller in between. Some of the snack foods that, that I choose and would recommend for others are um, the little individual-sized cheeses and nuts would be good with a piece of fruit. Um, or, you know, again, something kind of non-traditional. You might have some steamed vegetables left over. Put Parmesan cheese on top of those and have them for your snack. So make good use of your leftovers and cook large batches at dinner so that you have extra. You know, your snack could be some chicken leftover from your dinner the night before. Any any number of those things. Hummus and pretzels is another good good choice. So you you, you mentioned snacks, uh, this heavy snacks. Uh, sound, some of them sound like a heavy snacks for me because uh, right before lunch. So the so idea is to not to get full, but just to have just enough food in your yeah. body, correct? That's right. That's right. You're not eating an entire plate of hummus and pretzels. You're having a a spoonful of hummus and a handful of pretzels. Absolutely. So yeah, eating small quantities frequently is a great way to manage your hunger, especially if you're somebody who who's tend to be hungry all through the day. Definitely. Uh, let's look at the lunch. If we have to think about that and heavy training months, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lunch becomes really either that's another choice between going for lunch, uh, run for during the lunch time or eat lunch itself. So I, I end up doing both or one or the other. Sometimes I have to choose between those. So, so let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. When you're eating a larger meal like lunch or dinner, um, if you think of your, your plate or your portion, whatever you're eating out of, think of dividing it into quarters. And about half of that plate, ideally, should be vegetables and fruits. And the other half of the plate has half carb and half protein. So ideally, you're getting a good mix of nutrients between carbohydrate, protein, and fat. But the vegetables are what's really going to fill you up and give you the minerals and vitamins you need to recover from the run you've just had or even for the run you're going to have later in the day. But a vegetable-based lunch and dinner is a great way to go. Definitely. So I have seen uh, two group of people. Some people eat heavy during lunch and some people barely eat anything. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. As a dietitian, how, how do you look at both end of people? I think, you know, from a scientific perspective, it really doesn't matter when you have your, your calories. You know, your body kind of treats it all the same and, and manages what you give it. But from a, a hunger management perspective, um, I think it's good to, to evenly size your meals so that you're not eating a giant lunch or a giant dinner but you're eating moderate portions each time. You know, we never want to get so full that we're feeling ill or need to unbutton our pants, you know, to, <laughs> to digest properly. So if you think of fullness on a scale of one to 10, if you eat at lunch and dinner until you're like a seven, that's, that's a good place to be. Got it. So just n- not eating anything during lunch or eating too much is not those are, those are the two extreme I'm, I'm thinking. I, I've, I've seen both, and I do sometimes myself both, but I, I definitely see a friend yeah. of mine who regularly eats only salad for, for lunch. So Yeah, it's not a good way to manage your hunger. Now, there is a, there's a diet fad that's popular right now. It's called intermittent fasting, 
and it's based on going a certain number of hours without eating and then giving yourself real prescribed amounts of of those nutrients, carbs, protein, and fat. So you may hear your friends talking about that or seeing them do it, but it's a pretty strict regimen you have to follow. And it's it's okay for short term, but not something people want to do long term. Definitely. Uh, less progress in our day thinking about uh, the meals. Uh, as a, as the day progresses, either I'm tired, I'm hungry, I, I want to eat. A lot of time, personally, I'm 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 craving for sweets. And mm-hmm. about from three to dinner, I'm just eating and eating, and gazing and eating it. Like <laughs> I don't know. I think I mentioned that to you several times. So on, on <laughs> those uh, those, uh, I think it's the same idea. Comes I guess a portion that try to be a little bit of restrictive about what I eat, I guess. Uh, yeah, that... the other thing I, I encourage people to do is think about what you keep in your home. You know, if you if you don't want to be eating a lot of snack foods, don't be buying them. Uh, and a lot of people will say, well, my kids want these snack foods around. We'll buy the kids, buy things that the kids, you know, that are kid focused that you're not going to reach for. But the bottom line is don't don't buy your trigger foods. And uh, when you need something before dinner, uh, a piece of fruit would be a great choice maybe to answer your sweet tooth and, uh, you know, get you through the next whatever 30 minutes or an hour until your dinner is ready. But if we think real clearly about what we're bringing in our house, sometimes that can do the snack control for us. Definitely. I usually don't even do grocery in my house, so so I need to let my wife uh, listen to this portion. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should sit down together and think about what everybody in the family needs to eat during the week and then go buy it. You'll be set. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things I've given up: going to shopping and uh, cooking. So, so yeah. So, but but like I said, I do fix foods for dinner. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go in the dinner. Uh, usually for me is uh, personally, once I eat dinner, I don't eat anything past dinner. I hardly eat anything. You don't see me eating anything. Uh, up to that point, something happens in my body. Uh, I think it's a traditionally that's how I was uh, as I was growing up. Once I eat dinner, that's the end of the food that I will eat. And, and, you know, I may drink some water or something afterward, but or drink some beer or something I'll, I'll be doing. But no food, nothing, you know. I mean, 90% of the time, 99% of the time. Let's talk about dinner, how important it is. Uh, uh, again, back to the same I had for lunch. I've I seen the mm-hmm. two extreme of people eating heavy dinner. I'm more side of heavy dinner person. I like to eat heavy dinner. Maybe I would eat a light lunch heavy dinner person. So so let's talk about that, the yeah. dinner. Yes, I, that plate method that I described before of um, filling half your plate with veggies and fruits is still a good strategy to go for at dinner. And I'm like you, I, I like something real quick at dinner. So I'm never spend more than 30 minutes on it. But uh, going back to that, you know, veggies and fruits and then a, a, a protein and a carb choice, things that I that I reach for and keep on hand. I, I've mentioned several of them, in, but, you know, the brown rice and the frozen veggies and easy to fix proteins like chicken and fish. Even lean ground beef can can make something come together real well. Uh, lean steak and stir fry is a meal that's really easy and quick. Just takes one pan. And there's some great bottled sauces that you can buy these days that, you know, you can put a meal together very quickly with. The other thing I like to encourage people to think about is um, if you start with a packaged mix for dinner, like um, they make some pasta and rice mixes that have the sauce combined. It comes in a little pouch, just very easy to boil up. Mm. And you can add veggies and um, maybe a can of tuna to that to make it an entire meal. So keep it simple. 
keep it quick and keep it heavy on the vegetables is a good strategy. And, you know, I, I know that you're not a big evening snacker, but for a lot of people, that's their most troublesome time of the day when it comes to snacking. They find themselves sitting down in front of the TV and, and really reaching for those things. So at night, I'd encourage people to think about those snack strategies I mentioned earlier, but also have some other distractions. You know, if, if watching TV and snacking is a, a trigger point for you, um, maybe have some other activities you could do instead, like, uh, you know, call a friend on the phone or, you know, paint your nails, go on a walk, play with your kid, something along those lines, and just break that snack cycle or the snack habit. Definitely. One other thing I uh, just want to mention, uh, that our uh, dinner time is usually late, I guess, uh, compared to a lot of people. I guess that's the difference uh, for me. We were about yeah, you're right. eight, eight, if somebody eight. had dinner at 6 o'clock, they would need a snack at eight. 9 or 10 before they went to bed. You're right. <laughs> we, we're eating dinner at 9, 8.30, yeah. 9 o'clock. <laughs> that's, I guess that's the difference there. By the time dinner time comes, uh, that, that was the question I always hear. I want to hear from you that if you eat dinner and go to sleep, you get fat. So usually usually that's yeah. my case. As soon as I eat dinner, I'm ready to go to sleep. You know. Mm-hmm. But you know, thinking about your personal schedule, if you're having lunch at noon or 1 and dinner is not until 8 or 9, that's seven hours that you're not eating. So that's why you're hungry. You should probably plan two specific snacks during your afternoon. You know, maybe at two and five, something along those lines, or three and six. Um, and that may help you manage your hunger a little better towards dinner. Definitely. Maybe uh, better snacking. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I do a lot of cucumbers and f- fruits and yogurts and the steel. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, right now, as I'm talking to you, and I'm hungry, so. so. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been tra- heavily training right now, so. Yes. So talk about, um, we, we discussed the whole day how that will progress. Uh, let's talk about a few things you brought up about uh, mm-hmm. fasting. You know, I hear a fasting. I do, once in a while, you see me fasting. But let's talk about a fasting aspect of uh, of a diet that or, you know, the healthy living, you know, let's talk about that, yeah. how important it is to fast. You know, for a long distance runner, it's not a strategy that I would recommend, to be totally honest, because we need that constant flow of energy and we need to be able to fuel our bodies for recovery and not be sticking to a strict timeline. So it's not one that I would recommend for for runners. But after we talk about fasting, I'd be happy to share some information about, you know, fueling before, during and after a race that's real important as i just mentioned but um but yeah the fasting the fasting has been around for a long time since about the 70s but it's just recently come back into uh, like the tabloids the magazines so it's very popular but um in the first few weeks you fast for longer periods like 8 10 12 hours and then you eat like i mentioned a pretty specific regimen of, of carbs fat and protein i think occasionally the the trap that people fall into following this and it's a weight loss plan let me be clear but some of the traps that people fall into is during your allotted uh, fueling period, people sometimes eat too little or they will gorge and eat too much. And that really throws the science off. So um, it's a regimen that, like I say, really requires uh, dedication. You need to journal what you're eating and when so that you can make sure you're following the guidelines. But um, for people who want to lose weight, it is effective and it's it's okay. It's safe to do for short periods of time, um, like a, a month or two. But anything longer than that and you're setting up unhealthy habits for yourself as well as putting stress on your kidneys and other organs. So Definitely. So talk about uh, the couple of things I wanted to ask as well. Uh, I turn uh, vegetarian, vegan, and vegetarian now for running. Um, so I totally avoid uh, one 
part of nutrition mm-hmm. uh, to be a, a runner, a good runner, faster. And I, I have a complex, accomplished some of those things that I've set out for since I turned uh, vegan mm-hmm. and vegetarian now. So mm-hmm. looking at, uh, it's not a religious reason I'm doing that, but looking at that, uh, I see a lot of runners are becoming a vegetarian or vegan. Tell us about, uh, as, as a dietitian, what, what, do you, what do you see as a runner yourself? Well, tell us, what do you see, what's a benefit, or, or are we harming ourselves? No, I, I don't think you're harming yourself if you do it with a careful approach. You certainly shouldn't be surviving on, you know, French fries and donuts, (laughs) which are all still vegetarian. But no, I think if you're planning ahead and ensuring that you're still getting enough protein and enough of the other kind of major food groups, it's a very healthy way of life. I myself was vegetarian for about 15 years while while also being a runner. So definitely doable. Nuts and beans um, and either dairy or or if you're a vegan, the non-dairy, you know, substitute type products are wonderful to have as products. Part of each meal and snack but that's the key each time you sit down to eat a meal and snack even though you're vegan or vegetarian you should still make sure that you have uh, some healthy carbs and healthy protein as part of your meal or snack. Uh, it's real easy to fall into a pitfall of eating those empty calorie type foods that I was mentioning you know just because they're they don't have meat in them so still important to plan ahead still important to choose whole foods that have the nutrients you're you're not getting by not eating meat. But it's totally doable. There's some great whole uh, nutrition type stores around our area in Birmingham, too, that you can take advantage of. You know, the ones we all have heard of are Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. But there's also one called Organic Harvest in, in Hoover that's full of alternative grains and protein sources that if you're vegan or vegetarian, you should experiment with to widen your food palate or give yourself more options of easy, healthy foods to make part of your daily repertoire. Definitely. That is great information, uh, Mary Beth. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, as a runner, what kind of food choices do we need to make before or after the races? Uh, uh, what do you see? What what kind of recommendation would you make? Um, we hear a lot of time carb loading. Uh, mm-hmm. It took me a while to understand recently. Somebody explained to me how carbs are so important. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, a lot of us, uh, we're heavily training for fall, fall, fall marathon, ultra marathons, and 100 milers in every distance there is. <laughs> so so let's talk about that. How how do we, we prepare ourselves more towards a race event? I'll share the specifics, but uh, but I'll give you one big tip first, and that is practice your event day routine before event day. Um, so we can use our long runs to do that. But this sort of timing that I'm about to describe, you should definitely practice before each run so that you know what you can tolerate and what you can't. Because those of you who are new to endurance running, there's often some GI discomfort involved. So you want to make sure that your food choices are foods you're going to tolerate, you know, and not have tummy upset. But um, but yeah, so let's start with the carb loading. Uh, and, you know, we used to think of this as a big pasta dinner, something that was n- like only carbs. But you really need both carb and protein, you know, the night before and certainly uh, about an hour before your event begins. So it doesn't have to be a huge meal. That's the misnomer. Um, You don't need to gorge yourself or eat until you're full. Just have a normal meal like you would have been having during your training period. But um, ensure that it's an easy to digest food and has some healthy carbs and healthy protein. And then again, if it's a morning event, have some breakfast about an hour before or if it's a later in the day run, time your meal so that you've you've stopped eating about an hour before. Um, And then once you get going, you need both fluids and carbohydrate about every 
20 minutes or so. And, you know, that's going to vary by person. Part of the reason you practice it is to figure out kind of when your carbohydrate stores run out during the long run and how often you need to refuel. There's a lot of great products you can buy like goos and gels and liquids, um, but you can also use things like dried fruit or hard candies, you know, pieces of actual fruit you carry with you. Anything that's portable will work. That's a, that's a carb food. But again, the, about every 20 minutes, you need about 15 to 20 grams of carbs. And then after your event is done, you need to get some fuel in you. Again, some carbs is the ideal choice within about 30 minutes. And that helps to rebuild your muscles, carbohydrate stores. And then you need to get a full meal in you uh, within about two, three, four hours after your meal. So uh, don't go to an event and then go home and go to bed for the night. You, you need to put some fuel in you before you, you take a long rest. And again, you don't need to gorge yourself after the race. Uh, just have a normal meal like you would have during your training period. And, uh, and that's about the right amount of fuel for you. So before, during, and after are all important to your to your event performance and your recovery. Definitely. Uh, so that brings uh, my personal, uh, <laughs> I have to put this personally, during the training, I uh, don't eat a lot of food, try not to put a lot of calories. But during the races, race events, I, I end up eating a lot, even during the races. Is there a benefit on that one? Or I'm starving, you know, my, what do you call it, calorie deprived during the, <laughs> during the training. So during the race day, it's a sock and all. It's like, hey, and he's feeding me. So I, I definitely do like on during the races, I try to eat more. These days, I, I know I have seen it help, but uh, doing the training, I didn't do that. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, you know, I'd encourage you to try it. Carry some some goos or some hard candies with you, and like I said, about every 20, 30 minutes, put something in your mouth and just see if you don't get through those long runs a little easier. There's nothing wrong with a little trial and error, and if it is your weight that you're concerned about, that small, tiny amount of carbohydrate is not going to make a difference in the end. Really, what what makes a difference for your weight is those those habits that you fall back on every day that you know are the bad habits. But the little amount of carb that you take in as fuel during your long runs and your training runs and the event uh, are not a detriment to you. They are, in fact, an, a performance enhancer. Definitely. Somehow, I'm just uh, just have this habit of I do have I do carry foods, but habit of not eating them. I mean, I have this pack of trail mix on my uh, Solomon vest. I have I have not even opened it. It's been a lot. <laughs> Habit has so much to do with how we eat. You know, it's we can teach each other all day about proper nutrition, but it really does come down to habits, which are hard to break. You've heard that it takes 30 days to break a habit, and that is true. So um, any tricks that you can do to set yourself up for success, whether that's setting a timer when it's healthy snack time, you know, or not bringing your wallet into work so that you don't have cash for the snack machine, you know, playing little tricks like that on yourself will help to do it for the 30 days. And once you get through that, then it's easier on our minds because it's something that we're used to. But you do sometimes have to trick yourself a little bit to change your habits. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. If you see me sitting at home and do nothing, I'll probably eat those snacks, but I'm running and I'm not eating. That just That's doesn't, right. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Uh, anyway, like like I said, just the habit of the pattern and things that I'm trying to do while I'm out there running. So, so definitely. So, Mary Beth, uh, tell us about uh, for ultra distance running. Um, I know you're you don't do that for don't run that far, um, but our energy is depleted pretty. Yeah. F- I mean, it, <laughs> it goes really fast, and it's for a long time we run uh, distance running. I like to bring that up. I know as a medical professional out there, what what kind of things uh, what kind of things you read about uh, people like us doing 
those distance running and and uh, I mean I've taken care of diet and for such a long period of time 20 hours 30 hours uh, how yeah. so how do we take care of that it comes up pretty often for me lately uh, because after a certain time I stop eating totally right. uh, and then I'm trying to force myself my last time my pacer literally had to force me to eat put anything so even if you take everything out I, I want you to have a little bit of a new body so let's talk about that uh, I mean I want to hear from your side and I can give my perspective a little bit so you know it's, it's hard with gut tolerance I know that's really what it comes down to with the with the ultra events your body just doesn't want to put anything in when it's working so hard on putting out so often a beverage can be a good replacement option during those times if eating is just not possible for you especially later as the event goes on and also you know it's it's also not possible to follow that 30 minute rule that I gave you during an ultra event to the T uh, it's it's a challenge to carry that much, you know, carbohydrate with you. Mm. So, you know, I think part of what, what the ultra events are all about is that extreme fatigue. And I don't know that there's a way to adequately prepare and keep your body fueled the entire time. So that's why the rest period is really important after the ultra event, um, you know, in the hours and the days after the event, allowing your body to, to heal and to recoup and feeding it good fuel then. I don't know that there's a magic bullet answer to, to making your body last, um, you know, the entire length of the event just from, from carbs. Definitely. Uh, you know, when we do 100 mile or over the day, as the day progress, there will be food. Every A station, five to seven miles, uh, mm-hmm. and they will have food. Some some A station, actually, in the Pinhoti, they have, they will have, like, a bacon going and pizza and all kind of food that people are preparing. And we have 18 yeah. A station for Pinhoti, and um, there's 18 different varieties of things you can find. But once your body shuts down, it shuts down. So... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can prevent that feeling, but you can't make it go away once it's there. Exactly. I suffered that last 200 mile I ran, and it just it's just difficult. I think even in even 100k I ran, um, I was doing um, relay race, and uh, once I got to that point, it's just like hard to bring it back. But for my point of view, uh, for listeners, um, uh, I have seen. Uh, and I recommend it. And I, the one other thing I say that just just even if you can take a little bit, like you said, even the liquid. I started eating, having the boost, one of those uh, boosts or insure, one mm-hmm. of those uh, in my um, drawbacks, uh, uh, aid station. Um, you know, some drawbacks, I started having those as well as try to eat anything possible that you can take in, even if yeah. you have to take it out, you know. So don't stop eating like what I have done. And, you know, sometimes we have this ultra belly goes on and it's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really difficult. I'm trying to train for that, but that's like you said, it's not possible to ultimately train for for ultra distance race and nutrition and try to do for a whole race. So, so we cover a lot, a lot of different areas of uh, running, racing. Uh, let's go back to basic uh, for uh, for short distance runners. I think I think we didn't talk about a whole lot. Speed runners, uh, track runners, you know, some some of the short distance, you know, 5k, 10k runners. What kind of a nutrition uh, should they be applying uh, for their training and racing? Yeah, when you're running shorter distances like that, yeah, you don't have to think nearly as much about before, during and after your event. You would want to follow those basic guidelines I gave in the beginning about, you know, choosing whole foods and and the plate method would certainly still apply. But um, you probably wouldn't have that constant hunger that we longer distance runners deal with. And your calorie needs are not nearly as high, too. So 
I would encourage people as they begin, you know, running and they're running those shorter distances, don't overeat in the beginning because, you know, you're, you're just not burning a ton of calories. So that would be my, my thing to encourage. I think sometimes hydration can be the, uh, an important thing to focus on in those events, especially since you're, you know, as you said, often sprinting and moving faster. So as people are running those, those distances and running speed, I encourage them to monitor their hydration, make sure they're drinking plenty before, during, and after their runs um, so that they don't get dehydrated. Definitely, yeah. Sore distance races, I try to go empty a stomach, which may not be a good idea. but just because I want to go faster. (laughs) Yeah, yes. And with a 5K, you can really push it out before your glycogen stores are depleted. So it kind of goes back to that carbohydrate science that you were talking about before. Yeah, you can get, you can finish your race without needing to refuel because your body has enough fuel stored up for you in those shorter distances. Definitely. Before you can be body realize you're going that fast, you're done. Yeah, you're done. That's right. <laughs> I can get used to once in a while. I can get used to running 5K. Yeah. It's just lately, it's just becoming such a hard work for me. So yeah. I mean, you know, some. I mean, I go full out, and my my lungs are bad safe for a couple of days because I'm breathing so hard. So definitely, uh, see, for me, is I have gone through the cycle of uh, losing and gaining weight. That cycle been becoming really bad now. I mean, you know, I have lost so much weight and gained so much in this summer has been really gain weight and apparently I, I just not able to lose any weight I'm I'm trying and I'm, I need to work harder listen to you mm-hmm. definitely need to work a little bit harder as the racing season beginning I need to lose more weight so once somebody said that every runner has in 10 pounds to lose regardless how they look so so talk about that we should not uh, control I think you mentioned this already and I wanted to ask mm-hmm. that uh, we should not control our diet to lose weight it should not be as a runner we should try to feed ourselves uh, rather than deprive yeah. ourselves correct is that yeah is that a- i mean everybody has different goals and some people want to lose weight you can certainly lose weight while you're running um, you still have to feed yourself enough fuel so that means knowing your calorie needs and ensuring that you're eating the right amount of food for you so i mean that's doable but i think um that battle mindset you talked about where you're always trying to be leaner leading into a race, I think that can set up some unhealthy patterns in people's thinking. So uh, in an ideal world, keeping your weight stable through your training period and off by adjusting the amount of food that you're eating may help you mentally manage that a little bit better. I know that's easier said than done, but when our weight fluctuates, it really sets up some strange mindfulness and, and patterns in our thinking that's not healthy. Definitely. I go through that a lot. And one other thing, I just want a listener to understand that uh, just because you're training for a marathon, you may not lose weight. You may actually end up gaining weight. There's a lot of things happening as you train for marathon or distance races. So Yes, even in one person, your calorie needs can vary differently from this month to next based on your activity level and what else is going on with you. So using one of those calorie calculators to know what your needs are now will help you eat for now. And then if your activity level changes months down the road, go back and reevaluate your calorie needs and you'll be able to clearly see how your food volume shrinks or or increases based on your activity level. If you think of it as a budget, the calories that you're burning are the, the amount of calories you need to also be taking in. So definitely. So one of the other thing I'd like to mention now, our first-time marathoners out there trying to run Chicago or New York or whatever you'll run this fall, winter, uh, that period of uh, that, that time of when you taper. Mm-hmm. Lately, I, I don't do tapering. 
any longer, but my tapering is different. But I remember used to gain weight. Uh, one of the reasons yeah. we gain weight is uh, we eat as much and we're not training as much. That's during. right. <laughs> That's right. I think tapering is a, is sometimes misunderstood from what I'm in my experience. A day or two before the race is enough tapering to allow your glycogen stores, those carbohydrate stores in your body to build back up. So, you know, there's the damage that you might do in a day or two is going to be fine. But I do recommend it. Ideally, your your plan going into the race day should be both to taper your, your activity and your excess food intake for the one to two days before the race so that you're eating, you know, the amount of food that you would pre-training as you mentioned, but there's no need to taper activity for an entire week before a race, just as there's no need to overeat the week before the race, as you mentioned as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're not like a camel. We, we, we had that conversation. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Have enough calorie to last, you know, for weeks before the race. So definitely. Uh, Marybeth, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, Thanks for coming to Emran's podcast. Before we close this interview, I just wanted you to give us a word of, word of advice or words of advice to all the listeners, uh, runners, uh, uh, to eat food uh, in a correct amount and, and correct ways uh, for, for their running to last today, tomorrow, and forever. So g- give us some word of, words of advice. I'm going to say fuel yourself, choose wholesome foods, avoid the empty calorie foods, and uh, happy trails to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, and uh, uh, have a great evening. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emrun's podcast. Please visit emruns.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels, get race photos, get discount codes, and more.